0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito com. Hey, what's up,
1: y'all? Alan Kenny, hosts the Blatant Homers and podcast here. Um... If you've heard this show before and you're listening to it now, you're probably finding it in a place that you're not necessarily accustomed to seeing it. Uh, I've actually joined up with Crimson and Cream Machine and the SB Nation podcast network. So this will be the feed where you can find uh, all of my uh, podcasts going forward. Um, Looking forward to uh, working with the guys over here. Um, if you wouldn't mind too, and you're enjoying what we're doing, you know, please uh, make sure to go to iTunes and give us a you know five star rating and uh, review if you know if you like it because uh, that makes it easier for fans and uh, college football uh, aficionados to uh, you know kind of find our work and uh, f- keep track of what we're doing. So uh, that'd be a big help. Thanks so much. Um, Anyway, let's go ahead and get on to uh, our episode today. I've got Mitch Light of Athlon Sports, the uh, managing editor there, coming on to talk a little uh, over-under bets with us for the upcoming college football season. All right, let's welcome on Mitch Light, managing editor with Athlon Sports, to uh, talk a little bit about some over-unders. But first, uh, Mitch, you know, you held me off earlier uh, from recording because you're doing a little fantasy football magazine. Is that right?
0: Yep, we are on deadline for our fantasy football magazine. It's due at the printer on Tuesday. Basically, our spring, we, we uh, our college mags due late April. Two weeks after that is the pro football magazine. Two weeks after that is our fantasy magazine. And then we kind of take it easy around here until August for the college basketball magazine. So, yeah, busy time of year, but a uh, good time of year as well.
1: So give everybody, you know, a, a a spoiler, I guess, something in the fantasy football magazine that they that they'll hear in advance of uh, the magazine, Hayden newsstands.
0: Yeah, well, the fantasy mags, you know, you got your typical. Uh, I think the rankings are the the you know the heart of those things um, in capsules and stuff. But we also have the tip, the, the the features like uh, you know rookies to watch. Sophomore guys who struggled last year uh, as rookies, what to expect from them this year. And then we've got uh, I don't know if you've read any of Rivers McCown's work, um, but he does a lot of analytical stuff and, and he's got some features on, you know, four things you learned from fantasy football last year. And just stuff like that. So you know, basically, it's a lot of rankings, a lot of capsules with a few features. Uh, and then we had one guy do the the, uh, the twenty biggest fantasy busts ever, which was kind Ooh. of fun to read. he Actually, had, he had Le'Veon Bell last year as, as number one, which I guess you can't really argue with. Since yeah. Didn't play.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then you said magazine should be uh, on newsstand soon.
0: Yeah, the college magazines are actually, the, the official date is the 21st, which is next Tuesday, I believe, but they're out in some places. Basically, once it's printed, it goes from our plant uh, and just distributed around the country, so we can't really control when it goes out. So it's always out in some places earlier, like we were actually recording our podcast today, the one I do with Braden Gall here, the Cover 2 podcast, and people were tweeting at me from Florida that they got the mag. So uh, depending on where you live, it might be out. Um, we did something different this year, and I'm, I'm really excited about it, I'm sure some people will won't be we you know traditionally alan we we've had our national magazine which covers every team and then we've got regional magazines sec basically all power five teams this year we only published an sec regional magazine and a national mag and but we added 60 pages i believe to our national one so we, we've got uh and that's 304 pages it's the first uh 300 place 300 page plus magazine we've ever done here and we've increased the coverage of power five teams from one page to two pages. So the people that are bummed about not having a Pac-12 or an ACC mag, kind of what I've been telling them, there's almost as much information in those two pages that you found on Florida State or Clemson uh, as we had previously in the ACC mag uh, with four pages. So you know the SEC mag sells extremely well, so we weren't going to touch that. So we kind of reallocated some uh, resources from our regional mags to make the national mag a, a better product. SEC
1: bias, man.
0: Hey, it's hey. You know what it is? It's selling mags. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> I know you.
0: I know you're joking, but we were we're accused of that. Hey, if if people bought uh, the other regions, we'd still be doing them. So we're just we're just trying to. You know, I've been here for uh, 18 years already, and uh, I I just uh, I, I like my job, and I want to keep at it. So we got to sell magazines.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, man. Shots fired over there. At you guys in uh, ACC country, step it up. Yes. Uh, let's see here. So anyway, you know, what we talked about doing was, uh, you know, checking out, obviously, you know, d- the different, uh, betting shops. A lot of these are kind of just marketing companies too, or, uh, rolling out some of their over-unders, you know, college football win totals for the upcoming year. And, uh, so you and I took a look at, uh, the ones that were put out, uh, in April from sportsbetting.ag. These are available on, uh, Vegasinsider.com. Uh, you know, and we, we figured we'd, uh, each try to pick, Five that we like you know just based on uh, what we're seeing here and the odds so if you if you don't mind I'll go I'll go ahead and kick us off here my first one is a big one I'm going with Notre Dame under nine and a half uh, this one here is a uh, pain I believe it is negative oh yeah under one nine and a half is plus 105 um, I look at Notre Dame and last year I mean that team Squeaked out more victories probably than uh, you'd think for a team that uh, ended up going undefeated. The other thing that you look at when you look at their schedule is they play a ton of teams that are on buys right before they play them. There's a whole string there in kind of late in the season where I think they play like Virginia Tech, Duke, Navy, and Boston College, and all of them are coming off of a buy. Now, you know, you start thinking about, you know, getting to nine wins here, that's three losses. Well, you know, if they just, even just one of those, I mean, those aren't, those are games that, that you'd expect them to win. But even if they get upset just in one of those, they're probably starting to look there at that nine win mark. So, Indy is my first one.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And in, in full disclosure here, I do not know Allen's. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I, you know, if I'm surprised, whatever. So that one was a little surprising. But the more I look at it, and that's good research on your part on the buys, you know, you look at their schedule and at Georgia and at Michigan, just on paper, they're going to be underdogs in those games. And obviously they could win. It, but you lose that game and then there's then you just have to slip up one more time. And while Notre Dame's schedule, there's a lot of debate every year about their schedule. The thing that always I give them credit for, there's very few gimmies. Now, they play New Mexico this year, who's terrible, and Bowling Green's not very good. But for the most part, they play a lot of games where, sure, they're the better team. But that other team, not only is it a big game for that other team, but they're good enough to beat them. You know, whereas you see a lot of Power 5 teams, they'll have, I mean, Power, like, yeah, power, obviously Notre not in a conference, but some top yeah. top 10 teams from Power 5 leagues, they might have three or four monster games, but then they might have six or seven Games that are worse than any team Notre Dame plays, so I think to to to, to kind of jump on it, piggyback your thoughts there. There are some games that Notre Dame could could lose just if they're not playing their A game.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just it, it really you know, like you mentioned uh, the the schedule thing last year was kind of an aberration, and you know, I mean, really every year they've got you know that's a grind for for any team to uh, go through that. So and, and one more thing,
0: like I said, it is their biggest game. You know, most teams when. They play Notre Dame. It's their biggest game. So, I mean, it's a cliche, but they, they do get a lot of teams' like best efforts.
1: Yep, indeed, indeed. So hit me up. What's your first one?
0: Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to stay same region of the country, one of their opponents. I am going to go Michigan uh, over, let me get the odds here, but over 9.5 at minus 170. And if you've seen anyone tweet out the Athlon cover this year, you will know that we are kind of – jumping on the Michigan bandwagon we have them fourth as a playoff team uh this year so I'm kind of uh being a company man since we picked them fourth uh but I just uh, you know the, the big debate obviously in the Big Ten East every year is Michigan Ohio State and and while they haven't done it recently I think this is the year senior quarterback um defense despite the aberration giving up what 62 points to Ohio State you know you look at the defense last year it was incredible during the regular season I know they lose key players at every spot there but big friend of Don Brown and what he does defensively and you look at their schedule um at Penn State and Ohio State are probably their two most difficult games in, in the Ohio State games at home uh then you get at Wisconsin Notre Dame at home and Michigan State at home I just think this is a team that's going to go 10 and 2 at worst in the regular season Um, so I like them at nine and a half over nine and a half.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a steep price to pay, but you look at, uh, you look at, you know, who they've got there. And for example, you know, I mean, you'd think that Penn state would be a tough game, but I mean, you know, Penn state's replacing a whole lot there. Um, you know, they catch, uh, they catch the Buckeyes in Michigan. They catch, uh, Notre Dame I Arbor. Went, I yeah. went in
0: Ann Arbor as well. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. They got to watch out for army though. Having yes. to, <laughs> sat through the Oklahoma army game last year, I can tell you that's not a gimme. Well, they'll have
0: their full attention. Definitely. Yeah.
1: yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Okay. So Michigan over nine and a half. Okay. Um, okay. Here's one for you. Uh, one, another one I have. Florida State, I'm actually going with over seven and a half. Now, I know that the Seminoles were an absolute train wreck last year. I mean, that it was it was hard to watch. They looked uh, very just disjointed all season from start to finish. But, you know, they've got Blackman back at quarterback, and I think he's going to end up holding that job down despite bringing in Hornybrook to, uh, you know, back him up there. And you start looking at the schedule again – They've got, I believe, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in the state of Florida this year, so, uh, I mean, that, that's kind of a nice break, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I start looking at it, and I don't know, I, it's every year, you know, I, I for a long time I've heard so much about, oh, the ACC's on the rise, and things like that, and I always looked at it and more thought, well, Clemson is, and Florida State a lot of times, but you know the rest of that. The rest of that conference, I'm just not overwhelmed. And I mean, you know, you look at a lot of their 50-50 games. They're at home. Uh, games like NC State, for example, or Syracuse. So they're playing in Tallahassee. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Seminoles. That's the year. That's over seven and a half at minus one ten.
0: I it, if I had to bet that one, Alan, I think I'd go under. Um, yeah. We projected seven and five in the in, in our magazine um wouldn't feel strong about it but you know you know they get at virginia and i like virginia this year nc state at home you know the three most important games as far as they're over under to me would be the nc state syracuse and miami games at home there i just you know you use the word train wreck i think that was uh you know appropriate now if 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 he was a first-time head coach i would be a little more apprehensive but willie taggart did get it done in previous spots. And, and you know, Oregon season's kind of hard to evaluate because the injury to Justin Herbert there. So, you know, but just talking to people, it just seemed like they were such in disarray on the sidelines and stuff. So, I mean, I wouldn't shock me at all if they won seven or eight games, but if I had to bet there, I, I would go seven and five or six and six.
1: Okay, okay. So what's your next one then?
0: Okay, let's go Mississippi State under eight. At, uh, yeah, that's uh, right, um,
1: plus 140,
0: yeah. Yeah, I just think that... This is a team that had a historically good defense. I mean, one of the best non-Alabama/LSU slash defenses in the SEC probably in the last 20 years. The, you know, if you look at the numbers and who they lost. And that team went 7 and 5. And I know there's some talk about they're going to be better offensively. Well, they'll probably be better in year 2, but the, the Katon Thompson will be better than Fitzgerald, but hey, Fitzgerald won a lot of games for that school and was, was a good quarterback. They're unproven at wide receiver. Uh, I know Bob Shoup has done a good job as defensive coordinator everywhere he's been except Tennessee, but they're losing so much there. And, you know, look at their schedule, you know, at Auburn, at Tennessee, at Texas A&M and Alabama and uh, in LSU. That's five. You know, I'm not in love with Tennessee this year, but going to Knoxville is never easy. So that's five games right there where they might be underdogs. And then you're talking about, you know, uh, other games at Arkansas, Kentucky at home, Kansas state. Sure. They should be favored in those games. So I, I'm just not buying the Bulldogs this year after winning seven games with, uh, like I said, a great defense. I think they take a step back.
1: Yeah, you know, and looking at that, it's, it's minus it's 160 to go over over eight. I wonder when the last time there would have been – I mean, I, I, I maybe it could have even been just last year. But, uh, you know, normally Mississippi State, that's a team that's more in the seven – you know, starting the season off at least, that's more in like the seven and a half range, you know.
0: Yeah, um, so they I, might I, be you know. last year because they they were getting a lot of buzz this year. Yeah, People yeah. In love with uh you know the coaching hire and everyone knew the defense was going to be good.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars dot com. Well, you know, I'm gonna uh, my next one. You actually just mentioned it, and uh, you know, it's your neck of the woods. But I am gonna go with uh, Tennessee over seven minus one ten. Um, you
0: are, you are among the uh, Tennessee believers this year. There and there are a lot.
1: I I mean, uh, I well, I mean, I started off looking at it. Okay, their their non-conferences: Georgia State, BYU, Chattanooga, and UAB, all in Knoxville. So I mean, right there, I think you've got four wins um you know then looking at the rest of it uh you know they've got an off week before they play mizzou um you know supposedly vanderbilt is like a rival of theirs right i I mean i
0: don't know but uh you're talking to a vanderbilt alum here so vanderbilt's won three three straight so maybe it's not a rivalry maybe it's not a close game that's true
1: it's the the it's tilted towards uh yeah the uh, commodores there but yeah yeah, I mean, you know, obviously every year having to play Alabama, uh, you know, is one of your crossover games is is uh, is rough. But, you know, you mentioned uh, Mississippi State going; they've got a Mississippi State's got to go to Knoxville, and that doesn't look quite as imposing. Um, you know, Florida is uh, you know facing quite a bit of chaos at the moment uh, internally. I do you think that that would settle down by uh, the time the season starts, but. You never really know um, you know I, I'll take my chances with the volunteers i I think Pruitt is a, a strange guy for a head coach uh, yes. I think he's a good x's and O's guy from what I can tell but uh, you know I, I'm not sure about the the uh, direction of the program as a whole, but going over seven there i'll uh, yeah i'll I'll go ahead uh, over seven minus 110
0: yeah they're a strange team um they had two great wins last year in conference you know winning at Auburn convincingly then pounding Kentucky and that was a, the Kentucky game was coming off the Kentuckys lost to Georgia which was kind of their season but they also lost I think six games by 25 points or more and I'll admit I'm a little I have I, I've seen Tennessee in person twice two years in a row and Vanderbilt beat them convincingly both times when Tennessee was kind of mailing it in. You know, so I, I saw them at their worst. Although last year Tennessee was five and six at the t- time of the game, so they should not have been mailing it in. Um, so I, I know this team has talent. I know they have potential. I, I like Jared uh, Garantano; he's a good quarterback there. So you know, in the magazine, our projections were seven and five. So obviously, you know, eight winning eight games would not be uh, that big a deal there. So um, all right, my next one is, and I don't feel good about this one. I picked it, and then I was trying, you're know, doing my research, and I was like, why? Why am I doing this? But I'm going under. Eight and a half for Washington State, which is kind of dangerous to bet against Michael Leach. He just keeps, you know, kind of finding winning games. Um, You know, you look at their schedule. They've got some difficult road games in the league. Uh, I believe they have five road games, four home games. So at Utah, at Washington, at Oregon, that's three right there that they'll be the underdog in. They also go to Arizona State, UCLA at home. They play Houston uh, at NRG Stadium, so that's a road game there. And, you know, uh, Gage Gubrud, which is a hard name to say, is, is probably going to be their quarterback uh, going the grad transfer route last year. You know, again, not much behind this pick other than just kind of a gut that they're just going to take a step back this year. I think the North is getting better. I think Cal, Cal's got some obvious offensive issues, but Oregon State's bad, but everyone else is, is pretty solid there. So I just have a hunch that Washington State's going to take a step back.
1: Yeah, and you know one thing I I always look at when I'm doing these is is kind of what what I would deem like 50-50 games and where they have to play and like for example Arizona state I mean that feels like a 50-50 game to me. They got to play that one on the road. Uh Cal could end up being tough just cuz I feel like uh Justin Wilcox seems to have an okay handle on uh defending the air raid. Uh so you know that one's on the road too. So uh, yeah i I don't, have, I don't have a strong lean on that one, but uh, you know I, I could definitely see the under there.
0: as an aside, I don't know what you thought, not that I spend a ton of well actually, I do spend a ton of time thinking about this stuff because it's my job. <laughs> I'm not enthused about the Justin Wilcox hire, and it looks like I was 100 percent wrong. Like sometimes you, you know you're right about these things, but he looks like a perfect fit there. They've changed the identity of that program. they keep getting better, so i I, I really like what Wilcox is doing there.
1: Yeah, he is a uh, he's. A, I mean, he's been really impressive. I mean, you know, it was such a strange situation getting rid of Sonny Dykes the way they did and, and bringing him on, uh, and you you know, kind of seems like they might have hired him because they knew they could get him cheap. But he's right. a he's a solid coach. So yeah, yeah. I've been, I think that the, I think that seems to be working out well for him. Um, let's see here. I for my next one. Oh, you know what? Like, I, I this is gonna sound this is gonna sound homerish of uh, me being an Oklahoma fan, but I like Texas under nine and a half at plus one twenty five. Um, you know, first off, the uh, the non conference is is rough this year, given given that they've got to take on uh, LSU. I realize it is in Austin, but uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a rough one for them. Um, but you also, I mean i think they're replacing texas is replacing either seven or eight of their top 10 tacklers from last season uh and the big thing that isn't getting enough play in my mind uh is how important jordan, little jordan humphrey was in that offense last year yeah. and uh he was uh, such a such a key piece for them but particularly like on in on money downs you know like third and five third and six uh finding him getting him matched up over the middle and you know, not having him in the offense, I think is going to is going to be a big step back for them. And you know, you've also got to manage Ellinger's health better now. Uh, you know, I mean, they lost him twice last year, I believe, where he got knocked out, and they had, yeah. had Shane Bouchel finish the game. Casey Thompson isn't uh, doesn't have the same kind of pedigree that Bouchelle does at this point. Um, you know, you start looking at, I mean, they had a lot of tight wins last year you start looking at two. I mean, they've got to go to TCU this year. They've got to go to Baylor. They have to go to Iowa state. Uh, you know, given that they'll probably start the year, at least in, in two games as underdogs, I, I think I can get on board with them going under nine and a half.
0: Yeah. Um, we are high in Texas this year. We haven't picked 11th nationally, but nine and three in the regular season. Um, you just get, like you said, the schedule's difficult. A lot of new faces on defense there. Um, and, and like you said, a lot of close wins. I mean, you know, the object of the sport is to win the game. But when you win a lot of close games, sometimes the, you know the ball does not bounce uh, your way the next season. So now I I am uh, I'm on board with that one. And the thing about the Big Twelve, and I know that's kind of your 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 area, is else you know I think most people agree that Oklahoma and Texas are the best two teams. Kansas is the worst. Kansas State's probably next worst. Other than that, it's pretty. You know, there's a lot of teams that are good enough to beat Texas on any given day. They're going to have to play well to win most of those conference games against teams, maybe three through seven, three through eight. And I so I wouldn't be surprised if they slip up in at least one of those.
1: Yep. Yep. I think, uh, yeah, I think that they, they might end up uh, being in for a kind of season where 2020 ends up being where they really take off. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see.
0: My next one, team I like a lot. I think I think there'll be a, a, a much talked about team over the summer. Is I like Utah over 8.5, uh, eight and a half wins at minus 110. Um, I just think this team was, you know, the, the, was really good last year. And Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss were hurt late in the year. New offensive coordinator. Just talking to some people in Utah. I didn't think Troy Taylor really did a good job maximizing. Huntley's skill set. Andy Ludwig comes in, uh, well-traveled, second stint at Utah, was at Vanderbilt last year and did a did a really good job with that Vanderbilt offense last year that finished fourth in the SEC in yards per play. Most people wouldn't realize that. Uh, defensive line is going to be great. And the Pac-12 South is, is a mess. I mean, on paper, they are clearly uh, the, the, the best team there. You know, they go to UCLA, they go to – I mean, excuse me, they go to USC and they go to Washington. Those are their two toughest games on paper. Um, so I, I'm really high in this Utah team, and this, if I had to, if I was making these bets, this would probably be my strongest one.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I really like that one too. Um, you know, I, I just think Whittingham is such a good coach. Um, you know, he, he coaches is particularly the way they play defense. They're so rugged. And, you know, I mean. They pound teams, so it you know, never really feels like they're necessarily out of a game or it, they're going to be able to at least hold a lot of those kind of higher-powered offenses in check. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the Utes this year. I'm, I'm with you there, and uh, I don't know. I, I haven't given the Pac-12 a, a really close look, but I, you know, my first kind of knee-jerk is that I like them in that uh, Pac-12 South.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to be – I mean, there will be some USC picks just because people get in the habit of picking USC. Uh, but I think I think Utah's going to be uh, pretty much most people's favorite. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Well, you know, this fifth one I'm having a hard – I had a hard time coming up with. You know, I, I wanted to, to go with, like, Clemson or Alabama and, and do the under just to, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, kind of just to, you know, blow some people's hair back. But uh, I think I'm going to end up going with uh, UCF under 10 for minus 110. Um, you know they've had so I, I, first of, for for starters, uh, you know I realize that you know Josh Heupel did a great job in year one, but um you know just having you know kind of followed his career going forward, uh, I think that there was a whole lot of Scott Frost still kind of hanging on to the program last year, and on top of that you know Mackenzie Milton, uh, you know sure. it's hard to argue with that. Um, you know they pick up. Stanford now the game is in Orlando but you know that's that's not easy. They have to go to Pitt. So, you know, there off the bat, you know, it's a couple you know kind of tougher tougher games with that especially with that road trip to Pitt. Um, and then, you know, uh, looking at it, for example, a team like Houston, you know, I think Houston's going to be better this year. Uh, you know, they've got uh, that end of the year game with USF. I I'm just, you know, I I'm I guess at the end of the day, what I'm doing here is I'm really kind of just fading Hypo, honestly.
0: Yeah, um, I'm with you. Can't deny that they were good last year, and he did as good as you know you could hope. But I'm not a huge Hypo guy um, there. So this isn't fair, but I can't get the Temple game out of my mind Yeah, watching it. like I didn't watch a ton of UCF last year, uh, but... I watched every snap of that game, and Temple, who was pretty mediocre on offense for a lot of the year, what, what goes for like 600 yards. Yeah. So I just think the offense is inevitably going to take a real step back. It looks like it's going to be Brandon Wood, Bush at quarterback, and, and if the defense doesn't improve, then they're they're, just, they're they're not going to be able to run the table like they did in, in recent years. So I, I'm with you on that one.
1: All right. Okay, so give me your last one then.
0: Okay, another one that is, is kind of like picking against Washington State's a little dangerous. Uh, I, I am going under – uh, let me sure get my number here right, under 8.5 at minus 110 for the Wisconsin Badgers, who solid program, I think slightly trending in the wrong direction, coinciding with the Big Ten West on the uptick. I mean, other than Illinois, every program in that division is, you know, pretty solid or getting better. You know, Minnesota showed a lot of progress last year. Northwestern's, Northwestern, to, for lack of a better description and then obviously what purdue's doing there um i just you know they've got a really intriguing quarterback battle i know all wisconsin fans want to see the freshman jack Cohn. uh don't know if it's going to be him but their schedule you know you look at michigan they get michigan ohio state and at at nebraska that could be three losses right there and then you only need to lose one more iowa you know they go to minnesota so just not loving the overall direction of the program is kind of my, my rationale
1: yeah I, I'm not either uh, you know and I'm with you in the in the sense that uh, you know a lot of these teams in the, in the West are, are getting better particularly Nebraska that that one really kind of stands out and you know the other thing you look at is okay well they've got uh, tough games you know with uh, for example with Michigan oh okay they've got an off week well Michigan has an off week that same week too so there's no advantage there they, they have an off week before Iowa. Iowa has that week off too, so no advantage there. You know, just not, not a lot of favorable breaks there. So I would be leaning under on uh, Wisconsin despite, you know, the longer-term, uh, you know, year-after-year historical record for them being pretty positive. I, I'm kind of with you that I think that the, as a program they're trending down and this season that just not a lot of breaks.
0: Yeah, I think this is a big year. Not that Paul Chris is on any kind of hot seat there, but if they go 7-5 and five this year and get passed on the food chain by some programs – then, people, then the pressure starts to mount. If they just kind of say screw it and, and, and kind of flex their muscles and, and come back with a surprising Wisconsin season and go ten and two, then we go back to giving them the benefit of the doubt. So I think this is kind of under the radar, very big year for this program.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, when Nebraska uh, joined there, everybody kind of expected the Cornhuskers might uh, really take over in that in that division. And you know, obviously it, that hasn't happened yet, but. Um, you know the way that they're trending with Scott Frost, uh, they could be the next one to kind of uh, take over there if uh, yeah. Frost can kind of keep on building what he's doing. So
0: yeah, totally agree.
1: So I guess I couldn't. I'd be remiss just because this is an Oklahoma podcast if I didn't ask how you felt about the Sooners win total here. Uh, Athlon has them over. Let's see here. At, at it's ten and a half. Over is minus one sixty. Under is plus one forty. So heavily juiced to the over.
0: Yeah, so what would you say? I was, I was looking at something. They're, they're 10 and a half?
1: Yeah, 10 and a half.
0: So we, we've we got them projected 11 and 2, which includes that we do our projections up until the bowl game. So we've got them 10 and 2 and then winning the Big 12 championship game. So I guess if I was— So you'd have uh, under. Yeah, Yeah, I'd go under. Not that I'm—again, not, not that i married to our predictions in the magazine, especially when it's my money, if I was making a bet there. <laughs> uh, kind of the simple— you know, there's obviously a lot to like about this team. Uh, I'm just fascinated what happens with Hurts at quarterback. You know, obviously a different type of quarterback than they've had there. Um, I'm still not a huge believer in his ability to throw the ball downfield consistently. But if, 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 if that happens, then, you know, Lincoln Riley could make me a good quarterback probably. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of – the reason I would be a little apprehensive about the over – the same thing I said in relation to Texas. I know they're a different team than Texas, but I just think the Big 12 is good enough in the middle to make you sweat And almost every game when you're not playing Kansas and probably not playing Kansas State this year. So, um, you know, obviously lost a ton in the offensive line there. You know, I think Alex Grinch was an upgrade. I don't really know what happened to Ohio State last year. Maybe it's kind of a too many cooks in the kitchen type thing, but he's got a great track record. So if I had to pick this one, I'd probably go under.
1: Yeah, you know, looking at it, that finishing the year at Oklahoma State, uh, with that team having a whole, you know, kind of season to, uh, you know, mature and develop uh, the Cowboys, that that's a tough one. I mean, you know, at Baylor, that that's a program I think is getting a lot better. Obviously, there's the Red River Shootout. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, to me, ten ten and a half is probably a no bet. You know, obviously, I didn't pick it, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think. I would probably shade to the under, just given the fact that you're getting plus 140 there. so that'd be interesting yeah. anyway. so all right, well, so uh, so the magazine's coming out. What else you uh, you have on tap? Anything else going on right now?
0: Not much. after after the magazines uh, come out, after we're done with production of this fantasy magazine, kind of take it easy uh, for you know, June's probably the slowest month here. Maybe go to the college World Series, watch a little baseball. I'm a big college baseball fan. Uh, so yeah, and then we get we get rolling in college basketball. Uh, in, in July though so this is a, a good time of year
1: yeah absolutely well thanks so much Mitch for coming on man really appreciate it
0: no problem maybe we'll do uh, once all of the over-unders maybe we'll do one right before the season because I think uh, you can really, really find some value in those Sunbelt, MAC, and Mountain West ones
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely Yeah, I'm, I've got my eye on uh, Troy this year and also the Raging Cajuns so we'll see how that,
0: that turns out yeah but, uh... gotcha
1: alright thanks a lot to our guest Mitch Light of AthlonSports.com and uh, thanks to y'all for joining us too. For the Boynton Homers and Podcasts, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy.